Welcome to episode one of Podcasting in Education. I'm Luca Gosta, and in this episode, I will detail what exactly is a podcast and what are some of the positives that podcasts can bring to education. Additionally, you will be led to some resources which can assist you in implementing podcasts in the classroom. So, what exactly is a podcast? Well, at its absolute core, a podcast is audio media which can be downloaded or streamed to a digital device for listening by an audience. Although, there does exist a subcategory called video podcasts, also known as vodcasts, which contain a video component. However, such a video typically takes a secondary role to the audio. There are no restrictions on what shape the contents of a podcast may take. It could be an interview between a host and guest, an informative piece, for example, like I'm making right now, a casual chat between friends, or a fictional story not unlike an audiobook. The content does not even need to be created for the purpose of being a podcast. For example, a radio show can be broadcast as usual to its audience, but also recorded, then later uploaded as a podcast as a means of archiving the show for later on-demand consumption. Of course, just like a radio show, a university lecture or classroom discussion can be archived using the podcast medium, and people do that. However, that approach does not fundamentally alter anything about the teacher's pedagogy. Instead, Ertel and Fernandez suggest that podcasts be made to supplement or provide alternative perspectives to education material. Expanding on such a suggestion, perhaps a teacher could create their own podcast in which they talk about stories or interesting historical figures and events relevant to the current classroom topic. For example, around the time a physics class begins discussion on electricity, the teacher can make a podcast discussing Nikola Tesla's life achievements and eccentricities. Thus, students are given an engaging and low-stress avenue in which to expand their periphery knowledge of classroom content. However, if you really want students to value the content of such a podcast, Ertel and Fernandez suggest that you demonstrate that you, the teacher, value the podcast by incorporating its content in some form of assessment, even if it's just part of the next pop quiz. Now, just because you could make a podcast, it doesn't mean you should. Podcasting has been around long enough that there are countless hours of relevant free podcasts in any subject area. You just need to look. Say you want a podcast on Nikola Tesla. Well, an online search for Nikola Tesla podcasts yields multiple podcast episodes, which you can then listen to as a check for the best episode or even just a section of an episode, which suits your class best. However, if you don't have a particular topic in mind and just want to browse for potentially relevant podcasts for your students, then I have some recommendations for high school and primary school teachers. For high school teachers, check out the article linked in the show notes called 50 of the Best Podcasts for High School Students. It not only lists podcasts relevant to academic subject areas, but also podcasts relevant to hobbies, entrepreneurship, and motivation. As for primary school teachers, it may be a bit harder to find suitable podcasts for school children. Luckily, there's a great website where you can get started called kidslisten.org. It features 28 podcasts, which can be sorted into the age groups of 5 and under, 5 to 8, and 8 and above. There is even an associated mobile app which restricts kids to only these 28 podcasts, thus providing children a safe place to discover and listen to podcasts on their own accord. 
At this point, you may be thinking, would assigning podcasts be detrimental to the student's education in comparison to assigning an article, web page, or a book to read? After all, reading language is a typically more difficult task for students than listening to language. Well, Professor Daniel Willingham, who spent much of their time researching learning and memory, explained that once children reach later grades, they are already pretty fluent decoders of written text into words, such that the written word is processed the same way audibly heard words are processed. Thus, once children reach such a fluency, there isn't a significant educational benefit to reading over listening. In fact, the comprehension of a text may occasionally be deeper when listening to it as opposed to reading it, as prosody might help clarify the meaning of ambiguous words or help one to assign syntactical roles to words. Although, Professor Willingham admits that most text is not so complicated to receive such benefits from the spoken word. On the topic of listening over reading, there was a school a few years ago which assigned popular podcast serial, as in serial killer, not a bowl of cereal, in place of a book for their annual summer reading program. And to great success, as there was a high engagement in the text among the students, one dyslexic student found that this was the first year that they could participate in the program in which they didn't struggle. And the podcast's accessibility and popularity helped to get parents directly involved with their child's education through discussion of the podcast with their children. Maybe Serial's just a special case or something, but seemingly separate from the school I just mentioned, teacher Michael Godsey developed five classroom units centered around just season one of Serial. And it all aligns with the USA's English language arts curriculum across grades nine to 12. If such units interest you, this resource of 261 pages of exercise, printable worksheets and assessments is available online for just the price of 30 US dollars. In fact, the website which hosts it, called Teachers Pay Teachers, is itself a useful directory for finding resources for podcasting. The resources available on the website are typically designed, tested, and submitted by real teachers, and are usually inexpensive. Searching the website for what you precisely desire is pretty easy. You can search by keyword, grade level, subject, price, and resource type. For example, just by searching for the keyword podcasts, I found an inexpensive item called podcast response brochures. They are designed for primary school classes to help students with their summarizing, comparing and contrasting, reflective writing, and more, applicable only after they've listened to a podcast, of course. If it isn't resources you seek, but instead ideas or inspiration for implementing podcasts in the classroom, the podcast This American Life has a page on the website dedicated to the location for teachers to share how they've used specific episodes of the podcast in their learning environment, sometimes even offering a worksheet to go along with their thoughts. Hopefully by now, you can see that despite podcasting being somewhat of a young medium, other teachers have already found a useful place for it in their pedagogy. That being said, Kathy Hannabach points out, you would never assign a text which is inaccessible to your students, so, when dealing with podcasts, you should also consider that some of your students may lack access to them due to the lack of a personal device or even internet access.
In that case, you must ensure that assigned podcasts for homework must be accessible through campus computers. Another possibility, Hannah Bach notes, is the presence of deaf or hard of hearing students in a class. For their sake, it is important that assigned podcasts always have a transcript available which they can read. As it turns out, transcripts for two of the podcasts I've already mentioned, that is, Serial and This American Life, have transcripts for every single one of their episodes. And transcripts are useful far beyond cases where you have hard-of-hearing students. Michael Godsey, who was mentioned earlier, has found that transcripts are really useful for students who are learning English as a second language, as they can read the podcast that they're listening to while they're listening to it, which helps them connect the pronunciation of new words to their spelling. Godsey also claims that reading along with the audio helps students in keeping focus, and that students explicitly recognize they can look back and reread something that they didn't understand when they first heard it. There's no reason that students must always be listening to podcasts, though, because students can also be the creators of podcasts. And why shouldn't they? After all, according to the revision of Bloom's taxonomy, creation is considered the highest form of cognitive skill. Not only that, researcher Suzanne Smith may note that a grade 7 student who was creating a podcast felt compelled to reread and rewrite her script over and over again until there were absolutely no errors, even though she wouldn't usually do so for any other written assessment. The student's reason? Well, they thought it would be embarrassing if an invested audience, in this case other students, were to point out their mistakes. And while this might be just a singular data point, This does lead me to believe that creating a podcast which will be shared amongst the school community might not only be a good exercise in developing digital literacies, but also a great exercise in developing traditional literacies. If you are interested in a list of ideas which students could use as a basis for their own podcast, check out the following two articles as listed in the show notes. The first is called 50 Ideas for Student-Created Podcasts, and the second Technology in the Classroom, How, Why to Use Podcasts. And that'll do it for this episode. On the next and final episode of this podcast series, I will explain and provide you with the resources that you can use to cheaply but effectively create your own podcast. Bye.